Well. Okay, vogue the house down, honey. Yes, dear. <laughs> Not dear. Okay, anyway. Mother um, dear. Uh, mother dear. Mother darling. Oh, mother darling. What's that? Um, Grey Gardens? Mother darling. Yes, Mother Darling, this is, these are the giblets for the cats, Mother Darling. Wow. That's what that is. Come with the references. Stay for the giblets. Hi, welcome to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon, and we are talking about some stuff today. We are getting back in the habit, reuniting, uh, and talking a little bit about cancel culture. So stay tuned and don't get canceled. We're back. It feels so good. <laughs> Was that convincing? Uh, um, once again, leave a comment. <laughs> Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> we need actually a more robust, a more thriving comment section. So if, could, if someone could make that happen, yeah, I'd really appreciate it. Figure out the, the uh, podcast comment section. Right? Like, where are you? Where are you, Christmas? Famously, Pause. we did talk about the Grinch on this podcast. <laughs> and that's why you keep tuning in, because we, we really cover the bases. Um, speaking of the Grinch, speaking of Where Are You, Christmas, speaking of Mariah Carey, who Woo! wrote Where Are You, Christmas, <laughs> her book, is she's releasing a book, a memoir. I can't tell you how excited I am. I cannot tell yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great. Everything is eminently quotable. (laughs) Like, just, like, imagine the text. Imagine the dramatic reading that can occur. (laughs) I want, I mean, you know, we're familiar with Harry Potter as a a sacred text, but what about Mariah Carey's memoir as a sacred text? Thank you. That's what we want. That is actually (laughs) what the people want. Mariah! Wow. That's important. She's important. She's important to me. <laughs> and should be important to us all. Um, I mean, and that's what she's been up to, apparently, during this, during these quarantines. She's been writing her memoir. She has been writing her memoir. She also has been, there's a lot of great content of her with her children. Ooh, I have not have been keeping up. Have you been seeing up. any of that? Oh, yeah. It's good. It's good. I mean, they're great. They're kids. We love them. (laughs) (laughs) They're great. They're kids. You know what I mean? (laughs) So they're great as children. You know. Well, they're... (laughs) Let's just say they're not great because they're kids. Ooh. So. (laughs) It's my hot take of the day. Um, Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. Kenyon. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you no, trying to say please something? Please go ahead. No, please. Oh, okay. no, I wasn't. I wasn't at all. Please go ahead. <laughs> um, no, please. No, I'm please, so, after you. Oh, oh, yeah. And, um, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> help, help. What, where was that even going, Jerome? I've been derailed. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll just go on with what I was saying, which was um, we're back in the habit, and let's kick it off with a tried and true, one of our favorite segments here on We Love That. Um, and this is what we call the moment for the world. It feels um, so good just to hear that. Can you just say that one more time, please? M- moment for okay. the world. Well, I, less good, actually. Was- okay. Moment for the world. We're back with <laughs> moment for the world. Um, but famously, it's been a long time since we've been here together on this podcast. So we're going to do a little different type of moment for the world today. Um, our moment for the world is going to kind of be to recap what what's been happening with the two of us since December 2018. Ooh. I mean, that feels like I mean, multiple lifetimes ago. It's certainly multiple life cycles ago. Mm. Um, I was laughing about how um, there we were recording like around your birthday and it was the birthday when you turned 21 (laughs) (laughs) and I famously a week ago turned 23. Wow. Which is just a taste of how long ago. And now I'm 30. So (laughs) you can really see how the time does fly. (laughs) Times they are a changing diva. Absolutely. Well, I mean, how? Uh, what? What do you want to know about uh, about this time that we've been, uh, you know, apart apart from the pod? Um. Okay. Here's here's a first question. Famously, in the time that we've been gone, we have graduated from college. God bless. Um. I want to know your favorite thing about not being in college anymore. Oh. 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 Wow. I mean. I love love college. Love all of you there in that place. <laughs> Unconvincing. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. Ah, I think my favorite thing is like, like really being able to easily find alone time. Because <laughs> like in college, you know, you walk out the door and it's like, oh, oh, I know you. And you and you're there <laughs> and we're in class and I have to eat with you. And I, you know, I love... I love all the people, but it also makes it hard to, like, be alone. You have to, like, leave campus. <laughs> yeah. You have to be like, please don't come near me. <laughs> Truly. Um, um, it's very funny to, like, I mean, just in college, you get used to, like, oh, just like you said, I'm walking down the street and I see everyone that I know. But then, like, you walk down a street in any other city <laughs> And it's like, you're looking out like, ooh, I'm going to get like, someone's going to see me. (laughs) And then actually you don't know anybody. (laughs) Because that's not how the real world is. (laughs) And I found that liberating. Very good. So, yeah. Where, what about, where, where are you? Where are you in that? Um, 
Uh, this isn't isn't true. My favorite thing about not <laughs> being in college is not having to go to class. But I think by that I mean not having to do homework. Famously, I am a teacher, so I do have to go to class still. <laughs> um, gotcha. But homework is wild. Like homework is really like school really has you like, yeah, you're going to do work like while you're in school. And then once you leave your class, you're going to do other work. What? We were being hoodwinked. Absolutely hoodwinked, (laughs) which famously is a movie that I love (laughs) and a movie that you do (laughs) not like. (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, yes, famously we're not in college and also... You know, the the last uh, few months of the of just existing in the world has been very different than almost all previous months. Is it really? I have not noticed. <laughs> um, and that actually the last time that I saw you in person was like at at the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we were together in person, I want to say it was like March fourteenth, fifteenth, something in that. Like, we were in New York. We were at your apartment in New York. And <laughs> it, I was supposed to come and, like, stay for the weekend. And we were going to go out. We were going to have a great time. And you were like, it, I mean, we just were like, we have to leave. Like, people were fleeing the city. It was like, we have to go or or bad things are going to happen to us. Truly. Um, and so in that time that we've been apart, I want to know... Um, you know where where of all the streaming platforms that are that are around and with us. You know we've oh. got we've got Disney Plus, we've got Hulu. She's got a an HBO, a, a, a Netflix. <laughs> um, where have you been spending your streaming time? Because you haven't been spending it with me. <laughs> um, oh, a good question. Because part of my like quarantine. Uh, a way that I, I in quarantine have been feeling productive, but also not <laughs> not feeling pressure to actually be productive about things that uh, <laughs> matter too much um, is I've been trying to like watch all the movies that I have always wanted to see or that everyone talks about or whatever, um, but like have never actually gotten around to seeing um, a culture catch up. Of sorts. A culture catch-up. I started with a lot of Meryl Streep movies. Iconic. I'm talking Sophie's Choice. I'm talking Kramer versus Kramer. I'm talking uh, another uh, the Iron Lady. <laughs> um, and then kind of just a lot of them were Oscar noms, but just, you know, just popping around to all different types of movies that like you always hear people talking about, but just that I had never actually seen. Um, and so a lot of them are on Netflix. So I've been spending a lot of time on Netflix, but, and I'm on, I don't actually like giving (laughs) this platform a shout out in such a way. Um, but Amazon prime actually is where I have been spending a lot of time Wow, because I have an Amazon prime account and that actually isn't good. (laughs) And I don't say that lightly. (laughs) And I don't take that lightly. But I have an Amazon Prime account. I don't think I'm going to renew it. It doesn't renew until like November or December or something. I'm highly critical of Amazon. As all we that all being be. said, where else am I supposed to watch Aaron Brockovich? <laughs> Which is an iconic performance. 
iconic movie. It's an iconic movie. Um, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of that one. Okay. What about okay. you? Wow. Because I think um, I have a guess. Okay, now I want to know your guess. Well, I was just going to guess Netflix, <laughs> which I don't think is very groundbreaking as a guess, but it's my guess. Um, it's actually been been HBO. Mm. I'm like I'm like an intense, not intense. <laughs> Never mind. Strike that. <laughs> reverse it. Thank you. Starting over. I. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I want to get immersed, you know? I want to get lost in something. <laughs> I Give me a full-on evening moment. Um, and so I, like, I just watch many more movies than I do TV shows. And I feel like mm-hmm. most of the other platforms are, like, very TV show-focused. And HBO mm-hmm. is giving you, like, movies or, like, some sort of, like, like, like mini-series. Like, you know, here's an eight-part. Every episode's an hour and 15 minutes like uh-huh. in between movie series moment. Yeah. I have heard that the selection on HBO Max is like very good. It's good. I actually briefly downloaded it to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I had never seen before. I would recommend. Mm-hmm. I started it off with doing all of Watchmen. Oh, see, that's there. I need to get back into the HBO of it all because I've never seen Watchmen. I've never seen, I've never seen, I've never seen <laughs> Big Little Lies. Um, I've, I wanted to, I've always wanted to watch Sex in the City, but like I've never really watched it. Like, yeah. never watched it like cover to cover. I've seen an episode here and there. Um, okay, you started with Watchmen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just continuing, continuing with the movies. I mean, they have. They have all my favorites also right now because they have the whole Studio Ghibli collection of mm. movies on. So it's like, what? how can I say no to that? <laughs> that ultimate comfort food for me. <laughs> <laughs> you do love that. And those food, movies are very food-oriented. And they make it look so good. Well, I don't know about all that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's the moment for the world, and now we're back, and we're caught up to date on how we are and where we're doing. Um, where we are and how we're doing? Anyway. <laughs> where we're doing and, and how we are. Thank you so much. Um, we're actually going to move into Send It um, and take a moment to send it to some friends who are doing some great stuff out in the world. I mean, this also is... A moment for the world in its own right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and these these artists that we're about to send it to are really, they're pushing the envelope and they're making things that I need and I didn't know I needed, but I down require. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, first people, first, first person that we're sending it to, uh, she was once a guest on this podcast wow. in its in its earliest days. She wrote the music of this podcast, which is my favorite song. Um, Sophia Campoamore has released an EP. She released it on her birthday, uh, the 26th of July. And it's just so, so good. It's called Parts Apart. Amazing already. Um, that's, can we just pause <laughs> at the title? Because that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... We have to stand. Uh, it's great music. It's a good little like 
I find myself, I've added some of the songs to some other playlists, but I find myself listening to the entire EP just as like, I want to partake in this musical moment. Work, work. You're feeling like the through line of it all. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't be more pleased. It's like exactly what I wanted at the end of July. You know what mm. I mean? Mm, the height of summer. You know summer. what this time of year feels like? Yeah, exactly. Like it's 105 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> Cooling you off, honey. Wow. Um, I I mean, I wish I would. I, I'm sending it to her as well. Sending it to her and her project as well. And to um, another friend of ours who's released um, a project really recently. Um, Karen Abreu's new album. It's called Exito. Um, first of all, Karen... Stunning vocalist, amazing songwriter, absolutely incredible lyrics. This project um, is is really, I mean, it's been a long time coming. I personally have been waiting for her to like give me the EP that the world needs for a mm-hmm, long time. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Um, it's so uplifting. And that's what I'm finding really like. <laughs> I'm just smiling. We're smiling. We're <laughs> laughing and smiling because... Uplifting is the word. Absolutely. The songs that are on there, two of them are are just, like, if you would like to smile, please put them on. Um, one is En Guayabin No Llueve. Um, and the second is Tu Si Puedes. Tu Si Puedes is, like, Ooh. the anthem that you need to, like, wake you up in the morning to get you to do all the things you need to do. <laughs> oh, like, an anthem for all seasons. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, sending it to you, Karen. Um, and thank you for sharing this important work for the world. Yes. Um, we will put in the description how you can find Karen and Sophia on social media and where to stream their wonderful music. Get into it, divas. Wow. And um, and that's it. That's our episode. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs> Good night. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. We're the roots. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not the end. Um, it's time to get into the meat of what we're really here to talk about on today's episode. I'm vegetarian. Of we love that work. Well, <laughs> that's not to true. That I'm I not, say, I'm not <laughs> a liar. <laughs> to that I say, you are canceled. Oh, oh, and which really transitions us into what we want to talk about today, which is the name on everybody's lips, which is. <laughs> Canceled culture. The name on everybody's <laughs> lips. I can't continue. It's gonna be cancel culture. <laughs> now, if we have ever made a dumb joke, it's that one. <laughs> oh. Kenyon, oh. I do have to ask you about... Do you remember the first time that you heard the phrase cancel culture? Because I remember, and you actually were present for when I first heard it. Was it the, was it the article? <laughs> the FTV article. <laughs> yes. At the beginning of 2016, there was an MTV article that was like, all the new slang words that are you're going to want to use in 2016. Like, these are... These are Invented in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2016. Um, First of all, what is MTV doing releasing articles? That's MTV. TV. Find your platform, girl. Stick to it. Not M-article, diva. Not M-website. 
Okay. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> and it really shows because, I mean, the words that were chosen to be on this as as kind of new, just discovered, just coming into into play in 2016. I mean, do do we have the do we have the, the article with us right now? Um, there was low key and high key. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Invented in 2016. Invented in 2016. Coming to you new and improved, low key. Um, lit. No one ever said lit before 2016. Um, trash. <laughs> uh, drag. Just all these like, like words that just existed before. <laughs> um. But it, there were maybe one or two words in this list that w- were kind of new, or at least that I wouldn't consider slang. Right, right. <laughs> um, they were kind of just, oh, this is a word that has a definition, but like now people are going to be using it, I guess. But one of them was canceled. And that was the only one on the list that I was like, this isn't really serving me slang, but like, yeah, I guess we don't really say that we cancel people um and now lo and behold <laughs> <laughs> look at where we are <laughs> look at where we are um i just think it's so funny to think back to that moment of us being like cancel what <laughs> this dumb list <laughs> i mean it definitely definitely at that point in time call out culture had become a Ooh, thing mm-hmm. had become a word um mm-hmm. and people were you know bandying it around and about call out culture, this and that, um, which, which I feel like you know is a cousin of or is a part of you know the cancel culture that we all now know and know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenyon, to make a long story short, what say you to cancel culture? I say cancel culture, and what what do you do? Do you bristle? Do you embrace? Do you what happens in your brain? I don't want to hear those words. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I feel like people say cancel culture and like a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of things are kind of lumped together and just like called cancel culture. And they're not, mm-hmm. it's not like some good things like accountability, you know, like yeah. we kind of mean that when we say cancel culture, like, are you accountable for your actions? Can you be accountable for that speech? wherever you're putting that out there. Um, and like, but but also like shaming is also in there. You know, and it's like, well, those are two different things, right? Right. And, and this is what I, this is the issue that I really have with the idea of cancel culture. Like, there's a comedian that I love named Louis Vertel who is like, Let's stop saying cancel culture. Let's say consequences culture because that's what that's what we're talking about. Like it is not being canceled to like have someone disagree with you um or to like that like high end just to disagree with you or if you've done something bad and like need to be held responsible for it. Like that's not, Oh, I'm being canceled. Like there exactly what you said. There is good stuff to be had in that. Absolutely. I think my thing, I kind of am like the, the toxic side of it or the side of it. That's just like, 
you know, people on the internet being like, oh, I hate this person. Like, you know, on Twitter when it's like, you know, hashtag One Direction is over party. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Like, Stan Twitter will decide like, oh, we the fans of X group now don't like Y celebrity. That to me does like just the arbitrary all of that. I don't even in my brain count that as part of cancel culture, which is maybe really convenient for me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think that, you know, I just see times where people who should be held responsible for something or like should engage with a conversation are like, oh no, that's just haters. That's just cancel culture. And right, it's like, no, you can't just write that off. It becomes an easy word to package everything under and like either endorse fully or write everything off that, you know, exists under that umbrella. Right. And that, I, that's not it helping. It really makes me think, it's really not helping. It makes me think about um, the Kevin Hart Oscar hosting moment. Wow, take me um, back. So this is like, I guess, end of 2018 for the Oscars at the beginning of 2019. And the Oscars had like announced that Kevin Hart was going to be the host. And then people were like, people pulled up all these old tweets of his that were very homophobic. And let's not get into it, but they were homophobic. Bad. Um, and so people were like, Kevin, apologize. <laughs> like, let's apologize for these things that you said. Like, did you really mean those things? Like, if you're going to be a person who continues to be lifted up, like, maybe you shouldn't say things like that. Maybe you shouldn't make these, what a, like, very... What a wild request, really. What a, I guess a left so. Field. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't say he, bad things. In the, Instead of, like... Oh yeah, I said that a long time ago and I wouldn't say it now and it was really hurtful and I wanted, you know, push away any sort of like violence or negative space that I created it with these like really harmful homophobic tweets. Instead, he was like, "Oh, these are just haters. You all are trying to like catch me for something in my past and blah blah blah." It's like you're going through all these backflips when you could just apologize. Like you could just take responsibility for the thing that you did. Like you did it. <laughs> no one is making this. A, like no one's trying to trick you or trap you. Like you did it. And it's right here. Um, we have the receipts. And we and here's the proof. <laughs> and he like, you know, went on this like apology in air quotes, this apology tour where he kind of was writing all, all these people off as like being haters and I particularly remember he went on Ellen and Ellen was like, oh yeah, Kevin, those are just the haters. Like that's just cancel culture and cancel culture is toxic. And it's like someone disagreeing with you or trying to hold you to account is that you can't just be like, oh, those are, you're the haters. I don't have to listen to you. And I mean, that's part of the, the like conflation that I see, I feel like is happening is like people are not their platforms. Like, We've got to we've got to have some version of like humanity that is not your brand, your platform, and like that moment of people just people people getting lumped together and you know written off as haters or people getting absolutely completely you know doxed for for saying something. It's like mm -hmm. that's not that's that's not helping anyone on on kind of both ends of this. Um, like, why can't we be more? more than just who we have to be 
you know, to take a picture with or more than um, our speech in the past was. Yeah. Yeah. And in that separation, like knowing that if someone has is saying something about your, if like something does damage your reputation, that is different from like saying you're a bad person, you know? And that certainly is something that like is missing all over the place. Like I love to say that, (laughs) you know, the biggest problem with our culture, society, et cetera, is that there's just no room for nuance. Like things are good or bad. People are on our side or not on our side. And like they'd have to be one or the other. And like there is no room for things to be multiple things at once. Like someone can say something whack in the past and like that doesn't make them like an irredeemably bad person. <laughs> or like, you know, so you can agree with someone or be friends with someone and then they do something and it's like, ooh, like, oh, I don't know about that word. I don't I don't know about uh, all of that, but let's talk about it, you know? Right. Um, I mean, that makes me think of our episode on Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yes. Talk about nuance. Talk about needing some complications there. Um, I mean, for those who don't know, we, we, I think our very first episode that we released was a, mm-hmm. a deep dive into our favorite Michael Jackson music, the impacts it's had in our lives and in, you know, the music as, as we see it, as it's developed from there. Um, and it was before the, um, leaving Neverland, you know, docu- documentary came out, um, and resurfaced a lot of allegations that were common, that have been known and yeah. by us all in the public, you know, for the last yeah. 20, 30 years. Um, and the idea of, of holding complicated people, I feel like really applies to, you know, in general artists and the art they make. It's like, okay, you know, Michael Jackson made some stuff that changed the world. Also believe the survivors. He abused people. And right. like both ha- both have to be true. Yes, both are presently true. Right. It's an interesting layer of cancel culture because when people are like, "Oh, cancel culture is bad," I'm like, "What about the Me Too movement?" You know, like, is that are you lumping that in with cancel culture? Is the idea of like these, you know, Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, like these men who right <laughs> these all types of people who would use their power to uh abuse you know, people abuse others like are are we saying that there should be no recourse for that and it's funny people would always say oh well you know ex celebrity ex powerful person who has all these allegations of them you know it doesn't matter what happens in court because they've already been you know found guilty in the court of public opinion to which i'm like yeah (laughs) public opinion is a real place like we're real people like we get to decide who like so especially now so much about like fame and popularity and whatever is just about like who we pay attention to like having a lot of twitter followers having a lot of youtube views or whatever simply means that like people when you put things out people are like i want to see what it is i want to hear what you have to say And not everyone has, like, no one is deserving of that inherently. Like, no one has, is entitled to be on a larger platform than anyone else. Um, And we just, you know, we get to be really purposeful about, like, who we lift up and in what way. 
Um, in thinking about that Michael Jackson episode, like, again, I you are exactly right that, you know, very little of what was in Leaving Neverland was new or was, like, total news. And we still, at that point in time, were like, oh, yeah, we still want to, like, talk about this person and uplift him and, like, not just be like, oh, this music is great, but, like, in re-listening to that episode... You know, we're like, oh, he can do no wrong. He's the king of pop. He, I would kiss the ground he walks on, which is like, it's us doing the same thing, right? right. It's like, we don't have to talk about people in that way. We don't right. have to turn everyone into, you know, angels and demons. Um, by Dan Brown. And uh, <laughs> by Dan Brown. <laughs> um, I often think I was teaching a course this past term that was about like using, you know, new uh, like contemporary songwriters, producers, et cetera, to talk about like music listening and, you know, purposefully was like, oh, I don't have the time to actually, I don't have the time in this course to actually talk about everything that Michael Jackson means. And so that means I'm not going to bring it up if I can't bring it up in, you know, its fullest context. And that is, that's to me what nuance is, right? It doesn't mean like, Oh, he's canceled. Like, I can't listen to his music ever again. But, like, am I just going to throw on, you know, some songs that I really have a lot of appreciation for and a lot of memories with? Like, you know, Off the Wall, PYT, songs that we were talking about in that episode. Am I just going to throw them on at a party? Probably not because, like, it's complicated and it should be treated with complexity. I mean, you brought up such a great thing when you're talking about the class you're teaching um which said you didn't have the time you didn't have the time to have the, the nuance so you know it had to to not be brought in to that forum and i feel like time is what is missing a lot <laughs> we just need more time in these reactions um yeah as we call people out you know it's like someone says one something and there's no there's no time for any other sorts of um, you know, sorts of accountability measures to to take place. And and one thing that I think that, you know, the Me Too movement is a powerful example of, you know, quote, cancel culture, quote, call out culture, you know, I hate those. Um, but it's like, it's because we we have a culture of not believing survivors. Survivors have come yeah. forward to law enforcement, have come forward to their abusers, have sought and demanded things from people in power all over and companies ask for people to be fired. They've asked and asked and none of that worked and time was given to that process. And on the other side of that, I was like, okay, well then we have to take this public and we, we have to let people know that this is what's happening. And mm -hmm. th that is what the court of public opinion is for. But it, there's a whole set of, <laughs> there's just a lot of things that have to take place in time to get there. And I feel like we throw out, all of of like the private ways to find accountability and actually actually address the wrong that is done um instead of just cancel like canceling somebody doesn't address the wrong that was done to the person they wronged right yeah in so many ways it feels like <laughs> in particularly in thinking about me too and thinking about like these people who just, you know, were giants, who were so ultimately powerful, um, that it gets to a point of, like, 
like the canceling of someone, the saying like, I'm not going to work with this director anymore. Or like, I am going to stand up and say something about how I am not going to interact with this person in the same way. Um, is what has to happen when, you know, the people who have been hurt by that person or by that process are not otherwise believed. When it's like, you are not believing the victim who has been hurt in this situation, regardless of whether that's, whether that's, you know, sexual emotional abuse, if that's like racist treatment by, you know, organizations, we've been seeing a lot of that in the last couple of months. Mm. Um, like, the idea of, oh, now you are, you have to get canceled is such a, a bad shorthand for like, we are, for boycott, right? Like, we are now not working with this organization, with this person who continues to do wrong to others, who continues to harm others. Right. And then when you look at the at the activist strategy of boycott, I mean, using that word just reframes it all differently. It's like, yeah, yeah, boycott's what you do when you don't have another recourse. Like that is yeah. like you have, you've repeatedly not listened to demands. You've repeatedly sidelined and silenced. And so this is how we're exercising the power that we, the people have to, you know, to take your platform away. Because platform is... Like, we give people platform. Like, that, that's what it brings it back to for me. It's like, you know, an organization has money because it has customers who spend money there, right? For the most part. Speaking kind of generally. I don't know how the economy works. But, like, you know, Goya, for instance, like, is a huge, you know, multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar, quadrillion dollar corporation, whatever. <laughs> money. Um, <laughs> because people buy their products. Right. Um, You know, Someone like a a a director gets work because people say yes to working with them. Um, like YouTube influencers or whatever, like have audience because people are choosing to engage with their content. And that's something that we actually have control over. Like no one is, well, this is an, I am interested to hear how you feel about this question. Like, is there anyone who is too big to like who just is always going to be famous forever. Like I've been thinking a lot recently about like the Kanye thing and not to get too into the Kanye of it all, but I kind of am like, wow, I wish that everything that this person said did not become, you know, front page news. Like, I think that it would be better if we did not pay attention and hang on every single word that this person says which is not, I think that's true about everyone. <laughs> you know, I don't think that, I think there are extremely few people who I'm like, oh yeah, I want to hear everything that you want to share with the world. I want to hear everything, every single word that you say. Um, but like, are there people that we can say, like, is it still possible? Was it ever possible? I don't know. For us as a culture to be like, and we are no longer paying attention to you and we've moved away. And like your audience is now no longer with you. That's such a good question. I mean, I started in my mind to turn to like history and be like, okay, well, who have we done that to? But then that, you know, that doesn't really work because if we had turned away from them, I wouldn't know who they are. But history yeah. is full of examples of really powerful people who did influential, perhaps positive things, but also a bunch of negative things. And, you know, their names are all up in our history books. And, Absolutely. you know, the, the people who... I don't, I, yeah, I really don't know if it's possible. 
I I think particularly in in talking about like celebrities, it's like when someone is a celebrity, then like then they are a celebrity, and <laughs> like they always will be a celebrity. <laughs> like, is there ever? And maybe they themselves back away from the limelight. Like, maybe they back away from the microphone, as I am doing right now. But <laughs> meta, <laughs> yes, performance <Text> art. <laughs> Um, but I wonder if, I'm sure that there are examples that I'm not thinking of, but like, you know, are there people that were like, Ooh, okay, we're not really listening to you anymore. Like kind of, this is a very specific example, but like Doja Cat was someone who like had the number one and was out and about and like was a, you know, number one hit maker. Um, and then... Bye. certain things came up about her and i wonder like and now we aren't hearing a whole lot about doja cat and i wonder if that's because you know she's still out here talking and trying and people are like icing her out or if it's like okay like you got some blowback on something and so now you're taking a step back right right this whole conversation makes me think of an article that i ran across recently um by adrian marie brown um and it's really good. We'll link to it in the description. It's it's long, but very, very good. Um, and it touches on on this and you know, and its wider cousins of just like American <laughs> culture right now. Um, but one thing she brings up is the you know is a difference that we all know, but maybe don't apply in in this particular arena. The, like difference between punitive and transformative or restorative justice. And we love talking about that when we talk about police, when we talk about criminal justice systems. It's like, where's the restorative justice? Where's transformative? People don't have to be criminals their entire lives. How do we reintegrate people into society, et cetera, et cetera? And we're really mm -hmm. used to using that language there. How do we use it here? Wow. We, like, where, yeah. where is the journey of someone who, you know, was famous for something that did was really that was really influential and then fell out of that sort of grace because something was exposed, something came to light, et cetera. And then the missing other half of the journey of like, and then relationships were, were repaired, trust was restored, and you get, a, you get a stronger person and also stronger culture on the other side of it. Yeah, I, I think that this comes back to the nuance question. I think that it comes back to... Because something that I think I think an effect of the lack of nuance question is that like we culturally do not have we don't have a culture of apology like we don't know how apology and and reparation not to talk specifically about reparations but like, go no go for we don't it. know how apology and reparation works like and I think it's because you know oh if I'm apologizing then I'm admitting that I did something wrong and if I did something wrong then I'm a bad person. But it's like, no, it's okay to say, like, I did something and I wouldn't do it again and I acknowledge the hurt that it has done and I want to talk about, like, how to... Exactly, the, the restorative element of it. How do I uh, do work to, to make up for, for what has happened? And, like, I, I... You know, not apology as in... <laughs> I wrote something in my notes app and tweeted it right. like there, 
there just are deeper layers of understanding to like how do how do you come back how do you recover and not just for the sake of like oh powerful person deserves to have their power again but like you know exactly like what you said like doing one bad thing does not make you a bad person forever um and and we should have ways to talk about doing that work about about doing the work of I don't know. Is it right to say undoing the bad thing that was done? I don't like, is there language in the article about like what an apology does? Right. Right. Um, I mean, I, something that she does bring up is like addressing the people that were wronged. Mm -hmm. Um, and she talks about that needs, that needs time. People need time to, to figure Mm -hmm. out that they've wronged someone, but also people need time to figure out that they've been wronged. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we are living always. I mean, Living in the U.S. is always being wronged. Like, supremacy is everywhere. Violence is everywhere. We're always being wronged by racial capitalism, by insert everything. (laughs) (laughs) By everyone everywhere. Right. And yeah. (laughs) Like, there's got to be... There's there's got to be a way that we can see harm as not something that that like you know one one person does to another person but like at, that's something that this is the word that she uses is that harm is something that passes through us and it's like mm. watching trauma beget more trauma you know yeah and it's like knee-jerk call-outs basically say say that you know people are bad people cannot change and yeah. that's like, what does that say about me? If I am knee jerk calling out and just saying people are bad, does that mean I can't change? Like, when right. I inevitably do something bad out of my own trauma, like, what kind of world right. is that? I, I, it's a world in like, it's a Twitter world. <laughs> it is a world <laughs> in which like there has to be, you know, it's a world in which you put a statement on your Instagram story and it dis- disappears in twenty four hours. And so, like, you know, the redemption has to happen fast. It has to be immediate. Mm. And, you know, not only is it takes time to hurt someone, it takes time to figure out that you've hurt someone, it takes time to figure out that you've been hurt, it also takes time to recover from that. Um, Right. And so the idea of, oh, well, I said sorry, so let's (laughs) wrap this up, is like, that's not where it ends. (laughs) And it is actually something that takes a lot more time than than we had all granted time for. Um, yeah. Question for you. Um, in the realm of like, of art making and music making, uh, people who do that, like where, and this is a hard question. I mean, mm-hmm. don't have an answer if you don't have an answer. <laughs> um, but like, how how do we take more time? That seems to be like the theme that is coming up. Like, where do we take more time in a world that's asking for content to, to be made all the time? It's asking for us to to keep cycling and, and moving fast so that we can't dive in. I think that it comes from letting more people take up space. Mm. I my immediate reaction is that like, oh yeah, if there are only like a hundred celebrities, then like they better all be saying something all the time. <laughs> um, and if we start to like, if some of them have to bow out or take some time away or whatever, like then we quickly are like, 
oh no, where are all the voices? Like the person that I'm used to paying attention to, I can't pay attention to anymore. And so who am I going to pay attention to? Okay, I forgive you and like give me more content. Um, And if we, you know, spent more time listening to more voices, I'm thinking particularly about like, you know, with the Michael Jackson of it all, for instance, like if I only ever listened to Michael Jackson, and then it was like, and this is part of, like, this is what happens. If if there is one person who has, like, sold millions and millions of records across the world, and, it's like, everyone listens to his music, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, down the line, then when you're like, okay, well, maybe we should rethink how central this person is in, in our culture, and our right. music listening, and whatever, um, it's like, oh, that's impossible because we've built everything around this person. Whereas, you know, if it is someone who is less central, um, if there are more things to consume and more other places to, like, <laughs> listen to music and other places to feel fulfilled by music, whatever, to, like, scratch that same itch, then it is less of a, you know, a crisis. And that's honestly how I, like, I love Michael Jackson's music. It, I've been listening to it my whole life. But... It has not been that difficult for me to be like, okay, I want to take some time away from this music because there's other music to listen to. Like, it's okay. (laughs) Like, you can listen to something else. There's lots of music out there. (laughs) Absolutely that. Absolutely that. And I, I mean, that is really blowing my mind right now. The idea of giving space to more people because that, like, that is the opposite of supremacy, which basically says that, like, only certain people, like... Certain people deserve more space, time, resource, love. Yeah. That, and that the, those are finite things. Right. <laughs> which they, they only are in the system that we've created, right? Like, you can only get 15 minutes of fame if we've decided that there are 24 hours of fame. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But there's enough space. And not everything has to be for everybody. Like, there, is, there are enough people, there's enough audience to go around for everyone to have their own moment for the world oh <laughs> i love that um before we move on there's one last thing i do have to bring up that i would be remiss if i didn't bring up Ooh. and it's miss jk rowling and this <laughs> harper's letter <laughs> do you know about this harper's letter girl it's Having had the whole conversation that we just had, <laughs> going coming back to the Harper's letter is like, it's just like remedial. <laughs> it's fully remedial. And that's why I wanted to just bring it up at the end. Basically, this Harper's letter is a lot of famous people, <laughs> including, honestly, some people that I love, unfortunately, right. like Wynton Marsalis. <laughs> I mean... He, he has his own moments. I mean, great musician, does has done a lot for jazz, but also, like, is very gatekeepy sometimes in that world. Oh, I didn't know all of that. Yeah, he's very, like, jazz is this, jazz isn't that. Oh. Whereas other oh, people are like, but jazz, like, the point of it was to, like, to let everyone have some space. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's these famous people who are like, we, the cancel culture is not conducive to open discussion. <laughs> and if I say something and you disagree, then I'm actually being canceled. And that means that I can't say whatever I want. Which is like, I, again, it brings All me back the to conflations are in culture. there. All you know? the conflations. It's like, <laughs> like, if you say something, 
that is hurtful or that is violent or that is, or just that, you know, people disagree with. Come on, civil discourse. Isn't that what you're supposed to be defending? Like, people can disagree with you. This is them disagreeing. This is what the, Like, this like. is them disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. It's like, I want people to be able to disagree with me, but not so loud. <laughs> <laughs> and what it really brings me back to is like, I mean, my question at the end of the Harper's letter is, do you think that anyone is like entitled to their platform forever <laughs> and like could never say anything to mean that we shouldn't listen to them or pay attention to them or reward them with our time, money, energy, etc. Right. Right. To which I would say, no. <laughs> A shocking answer. <laughs> I almost have nothing more for the Harper letter just because it seems so caught up in all the conflation. It's like, no, if people, you're not being canceled. You as a person are not being canceled. Listen to me one more time. You as a human being, you're fine. You're okay. You still have all the money you made off of those 11 books and those million dollar movies. It's like, you're fine. You're fine. You're okay. I'm going to make that clip my ringtone. <laughs> Just you saying, you are not being canceled. I'll say it again. You're not being canceled. <laughs> like, are you still here? Are you alive? You're okay. You'll be okay. I promise. You'll be okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry to end on that <laughs> note, because now we both have headaches. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is this is new and it's fun and it's and it's not improved. I have to say it's not new and improved. <laughs> Can't use those words. But we promise it's fun, please. We <laughs> promise. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, I think I have to tell the story about about the this new segment and and yeah. its title and where it comes from. Um, Absolutely. A friend of mine and I were shopping at Uniqlo once, just having a great time. Hey, Lawrence, shouts out to you. Oh my God, Lawrence. Um, and you know, we were walking into Uniqlo. And we both immediately, of course, go to the women's section because that's where all the best clothes are in Uniqlo. <laughs> the good clothes are. <laughs> that's just where you go. And someone came up to us and was like, oh, do you need some help? And we're like, oh, no, thanks. We're just browsing. And she kind of stood and she waited. She waited some more. <laughs> oh, no. And she said, well, just to let you know, this is this is actually the women's section. <laughs> and, I, and Lawrence and I looked at each other and laughed. <laughs> And then we're well, like, you, yeah, we know. <laughs> Think of it this way. Maybe she thought you couldn't read. <laughs> oh, much better. Much better, actually. <laughs> she was trying to assist you in the reading of it. Wow. Um, and out of that moment, the phrase respect the binary was really, it was really born. Um, <laughs> it was really entrenched for you personally. Right. Because that's what she wanted us to do. And we weren't doing it. And the binary, apparently, it, it needs to be respected. And held Absolutely. just near and dear to our hearts. I'm kidding. I'm joking. That's <laughs> to not be it. Clear <laughs> binaries don't exist anywhere, uh, and I actually will argue about that. <laughs> and don't come at me about some binary code because even that I will find a way to talk myself work. Out of. So binaries don't exist ever. <laughs> see, even see my saying that actually is making a binary wow i mean that's a whole nother episode we gotta tackle that you're in. right anyway uh this little segment is 
is to create binaries where they don't exist because uh, we have to respect the binary. And that's why the segment is called Respect the Binary. <laughs> Kenyon, are you ready to respect the binary? I'm, I mean, I'm never not <laughs> ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've got to pick one. Mm. The binary is one end Chipotle, other end in and out. Oh, this is hard. I know you as a SoCal kid. <laughs> okay, actually, NorCal. Don't even know I where I care. live. <laughs> I don't care at all. Don't even know where I'm from. Doesn't know anything about me. <laughs> I done can't with this podcast. To <laughs> Tommy! <laughs> um, I mean, so, considerations that are going through my mind. Chipotle, mm-hmm. it's not Mexican food. It's just not. That's not what it is. <laughs> That's oh. not what it's doing. Oh. It's just Cancel. not that. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not tasty. Um, on the other end, <laughs> in the other corner, we have fighting in and out who, I mean, in and outs out here donating money to organizations that want to deprive me of my life and livelihood. So. Oh, I didn't know about all of her. <laughs> but it is the taste of my childhood. <laughs> So <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I love them fries. <laughs> um, I love that at the end of it of an episode where we basically argued that there should be nuance in on all things. We are <laughs> now, now no nuance entrenching the binary, and that's actually, I mean, that's what that's what we're doing. This well, for. that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Chipotle because it's giving you well balanced. Wow. It's giving you well rounded. You know, you got some some greens beans. Potatoes, tomatoes, <laughs> hogs. Potatoes? Where are the potatoes up Chipotle? Exactly. So, um, a drum, <laughs> your, uh, hmm, yeah, your, your end of that spectrum. Sorry, binary. I thought that you were going, yeah, not a spectrum, just a binary. Respective. I thought you were going to say in and out because I was going to choose Chipotle. I was trying to choose something where we were going to be on opposite ends. I'd look. Y'all in California love your little in and out and that's really nice for you. Here's the truth. The food is not that good, okay? The fries own, in particular my, are awful. That is my everything. How dare the fries are the best part. That's not true. Oh my <laughs> That gosh. is not true. Um and so I am going to have to go staunchly with Chipotle. Okay. Okay. Well, if we want to to really end on a note of division, I have the respect to binary <laughs> for us, which is Please. Spotify or Apple Music. Okay. Let's come to blows over <laughs> this one. Um, it's got to be Apple Music. I just I say that you. as if I'm at all going to convince you. <laughs> Anyone. I, for me, it's Apple Music. 100% the house down boots. Apple Music. And let me tell you why. Um, I don't want to know that information is being recorded about me because I am a fool <laughs> and I would like to live in uh, in the dark. <laughs> and so I know that everyone, everywhere, every browser, every app, my phone, my computer, I know everyone is paying attention to literally everything that I do to curate for me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I've accepted that I cannot do anything about it, but I don't want to hear it. You know, in the past... I was just thinking, but this is only slightly related. It used to be like, oh, this site uses cookies like accept or decline. Decline is gone. <laughs> it's just it's like... It's so hard to find. You have to like search. We're just using the cookies now. 
Anyway, Spotify is out here like, hmm, I see that you like this music. Listen to this instead. Here's the music you should listen to. And we think you'd like this music. Here, listen to this. And here's some new music. And here's some old music. And here's music you used to listen to. And here's music like it that you'll also like. Apple Music does not do that As in, Apple Music does do it, but it's all in one tab, which is called For You, and I don't click on the tab. I don't want to know what they want me to listen to. I listen to what I want to listen to. Um, Other arguments include the... uh, I'm not a dark mode person, and so I like that it's all white inside. I know. I know. (laughs) I'm explicitly dark mode. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do dark mode. Um... And I will also say the only reason why I got Apple Music, I was like a free Spotify person in the beginning. The only reason why I ever started paying for a streaming service is because Lady Gaga was releasing Perfect Illusion, the first single from uh, <laughs> from Joanne wow. um, exclusively on Apple Music, and I had to listen. So going to have to go with Apple Music on that one. Well, you're as uh, predictable as always. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because the correct answer uh, actually was Spotify, which is my answer. Um, I mean, Spotify has been giving you... Spotify, as far as I'm concerned, invented modern-day streaming. It really popularized the form. Talking about... But is that something they should be commended for or shamed for? (laughs) Got me there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as as an up and coming musician, what say you? <laughs> mm, 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 mm. I'm gonna actually have to pass on that one, <laughs> but I think like the second most kind of valid argument for why Spotify is the greatest of all time is uh, because we love that now is currently also streaming on Spotify. It's true. It's true. It is true. <laughs> And you can find We Love That on Spotify. So for everyone who has been begging and pleading, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You can go back to your little black and green app. Colorism. But still leave us a review on on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. Please. (laughs) Kenyon, what a joy it is to be back. It feels... Do you feel it? Are you feeling... Can you feel that? Thank you. (laughs) Moment for feeling. Thank you for that that performance art. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Same time next week? Um, I think I'm busy, actually. But I'll I'll just have my people call your people. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Another good yes and from us here down at We Love That. Signing off. I'm... Okay, good night. (laughs) Goodbye! (laughs) We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye! Lag is actually anti-black. Yeah, While I would agree. recorded sound, maybe time travel, like latency is actually oppression. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're still recording. <laughs> <laughs>